Acts 14, 25, when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Athelia. From there they sailed to Antioch, from which they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had accomplished. And when they had arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report all things that God had done with them and how he opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Now, Paul and Barnabas right here in this passage of Scripture, uh, this is an account of Paul and Barnabas after returning from their first missionary journey. They called the church together in Antioch. They called them together and they said, hey, we want to give you a ministry report. We want to give you a report on what's happened on our journey. So they sit down with them and they start telling them about it. They reported to them all the Lord had done through their efforts. And they reported how the Lord had opened doors of faith to the people they were ministering to. I wish I'd have been there listening to that report. Can you imagine the things they said and the things they explained? We see some of it in the book of Acts, but I think a whole lot more happened that didn't make it on the pages of Scripture. So they gave a report. How many, time, how many of you know it's good to take time to reflect and, uh, and share testimony of how God's working in your life? Have you ever done that? Have you ever began to, you know, I'm just amazed. I just, uh, you know, sharing testimony. You know, the Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even unto death. You know, the word of our testimony is encouraging, isn't it? You know, I just always get encouraged whenever I hear people, man, let me tell you what God did for me. And and they start telling you about it. And of course, when somebody shares their testimony of what God's doing in their life, you know, they share it with passion, with enthusiasm, with joy. And you're there at the edge of your seat. And the more they tell you, all of a sudden something happens on the inside of you. You get encouraged yourself. Amen. And, you know, the presence of God comes whenever you share your faith and share testimony. There's something about sharing testimonies and reporting about what Jesus has done. Let me ask you a question. Has Jesus done something for you? Amen. And so listen, today we're going to take the time to do something that I have never done uh, here at the church, but I I want to do it this morning. Uh, I want to give you a report of all the things that God has done through the congregation of Family Life Church this year. Is that all right? I want to just talk to you a little bit. Um, I was wondering the difference. What difference Family Life Church has made in 2011? And uh, in Matthew 28, verse 18 and 20, Jesus came to them and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, Lord, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. This is known as the Great Commission given to the church by Jesus Christ, right? This is the mission and the purpose of the church. And so Jesus said the church should go into all the world and preach the gospel. And you know, our question this morning should be, has Family Life Church been successful in accomplishing the the mission or the purpose that God gave the church to accomplish? That's a good question. And as I was reflecting um, at the end of this year, and I was reflecting on this question I went back to just see and just think about what did we do this year? And, uh, and I wanted to give you some of that information to paint a picture. This, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had our staff Christmas party and I shared some of this stuff with them and some of the people on staff is like, wow, I didn't even know that. And so I thought it would just be encouraging to talk about that. And so I want to just give you some stats, okay? And these are uh, not uh, all exclusive. They're just a highlight, just some. But salvations... 
In 2011, our last count, we had over 160 recorded names of people who had made decisions to read Jesus Christ as their Savior that came down at the altar call and got saved. Amen? Sunday or Wednesday. Or they recommitted their life. Over 160, that's good. And this is not counting people who got saved in the youth services and children's services, in the life groups, in the special classes that we have. But that's, that's encouraging to hear. That lives are being changed. Lives are being saved. You know, every time I think about this, uh, one of the pastors on the staff shared this story with me, that he was in a church at, at one time, and they had turned the baptistry into a storage area. It had been so long since somebody had been baptized, they just started using that area for storage. And I just thought, you know, there's churches that don't see one person saved all year. Do you know that? And so to have over 160 people respond... I think, hey, we're not, we're not changing the whole world, but thank God, we're making a little difference, amen? And I'm just greatly encouraged by that, and that's just one stat, but you know, you know, to go along with that, we had over 65 people who followed through with water baptism after being saved, many of which were, never, were not going to church prior to coming here. But, you know, they they not only got saved, but they followed through and got water baptized. And I'm telling you, you know, this last year, year and a half or whatever, it just seems for whatever reason, I'm not sure, but it seems like the last several baptisms, whenever we've had a water baptism here on, on Wednesday night, God has moved. As one of the pastors said, you can see God moving. I mean, people just visibly shaken in the presence of God, repenting, crying, testifying on what God has done. And that's just a great encouragement. Amen. And not only that, but, you know, we have our Christianity classes, our love grow classes, which is our spiritual growth track. And uh, in 2011, we had uh, 69 people complete the Love, Grow, Reach classes. And most of them have committed to becoming uh, uh active members of family life and getting involved in the ministry. That's awesome. 69 people. You know, the the average church in America is like 75. And so to have 69 people go through the Christianity classes, that's great. Amen. You know, now listen, these stats are important facts because it helps us to measure, are we doing anything? Or we just have a social club going on under the umbrella of spiritualism. Amen. Come on, how many of you know we can do something better than just have a a holy club, amen? Sing kumbaya and twiddle our thumbs, amen? We can do more than that, amen? But it helps us to see if if we're making a difference, if we're reaching our vision. Remember, our vision is to love God and to grow people and to reach the world. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15... Jesus said, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Amen. We got to go to all the world. So our vision and influence should not be measured by only what happens inside this building. Amen. Our, Our vision and our influence should be measured by not just what happens inside the building, but what happens outside the building. Somebody said the health and the, and the strength of a church is not measured in the seating capacity, but in the sending capacity. You follow that? Not in the seating capacity, but in the sending capacity. In other words, are they light and salt into the earth? And that's the health of a church is if we're making a difference outside the church. Amen? 
Now let's look and let me just share just a couple things about what's happening outside the church. And let me just, before we do that, let me just say, there's a whole lot more ministry in the school, in our Christian school. There's, there's over, there's 130-something students in the school and all these families, these students are hearing the word, getting discipled, learning, uh, getting uh, trained in the atmosphere of, of spiritual encouragement. And these families are, are being helped and encouraging along our life groups. People are growing and learning and getting personal discipleship, our special classes, people are getting the tools they need to grow. So there's a whole lot of ministry that takes place way beyond just church on Sunday morning or church on Wednesday night. Amen? And so to God be the glory for everyone that is being involved in helping minister to the saints of God. But now let's look at what's happening outside the church. You may not know this, but Family Life Church, since uh, I'm not sure exactly when, but I know it goes way back to the beginning days of Family Life Church. Brother Francis decided that we were going to be a tithing church. And so every, every, uh, every $10 that comes into the church coffer, a dollar goes into a mission fund. We tithe the income of this church. And, uh, and not only that, but we also take missions offerings uh, every month, and I calculated that we give over 16% of our income away. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we tithe on 10%, but we above and beyond that, we give 16% of our income. That's, that's, a great, that's a great stat, amen? But let me give you an idea of what happens with all this, this money that we give away. First of all, there's, uh, there's I don't know, 12, 15 uh, different uh, ministries and organizations that we support on a monthly basis, like uh, Brother Larry Myers in Mexico Ministries, Mike and Dottie at, in, uh, in Guatemala. Uh, we we uh, give to local organizations like Love, Inc. and, and Acadian Outreach that reaches out to the homeless and, and uh we support a couple of smaller churches that financially struggle. And we help them on a monthly basis. Uh, and, and so not only do we do that, but let me highlight a few of these uh, community outreaches uh, like uh, Chi Alpha Campus Ministry. Chi Alpha is, uh, how many of you are familiar with Chi Alpha? Most of you are probably familiar, but Brother Eric True, who if you watched the game last night, you saw his mug on the TV. ESPN, National News, man. I mean, National TV, there he is. So what a blessing. But, you know, this is a campus ministry. There are several, but Chi Alpha, uh, you know, we support them uh, we, uh, on a monthly basis. Plus, we provide a meal. They have what they call a meal and a message every Wednesday for lunch. They invite all the students that want to come over to get a free meal. And for college students, that's very appealing. A free meal. Amen? But why are they eating the meal? They've got to hear a message. And so they hear a message, and so they minister to them. But, you know, uh, and we have volunteers right here in this church that they go out and they, they put the food together and they serve up the food to the students. And, you know, every semester there are students that get saved and get born again. Amen. In fact, I just called, I asked Miss Clovey to call for me uh, a fresh report from Chi Alpha Ministry. Fifty students got saved this semester on our UL campus and 15 got baptized. Amen. But see, the reason I'm telling you that is you've had a part of that. You, bought, you helped buy the meals for those students to come and eat and get saved. Amen? You know, over the years, Brother Francis was one of the, I think, maybe the first person around this area to support Chi Alpha and actually helped Brother Eric and, and uh, Annabelle move to Lafayette. But over the years, we've been a strong supporter. And just recently, we contributed $10,000 to their uh, renovation and their building uh, expansion. 
But you know, Chi Alpha is reaching students all over, and they're reproducing campus leaders all over. Amen? I was just recently uh, talking and visiting with a student that is going to be graduating soon, and he said to me, he said, you know, thank you so much for partnering with Chi Alpha, because I'm from out of town, and I came here, and I was raised in church, but I don't know where I'd be today if I didn't have a ministry to get plugged into. And I got discipled and I've discipled others. And now there are people behind me that are growing in the Lord. All because of the financial support and the ministry of Chi Alpha. So that's one. Prison ministry. You know, we monthly financially support interfaith prison ministry that goes to to, uh, many women's and men's prisons throughout the state. And they reach the the inmates with the gospel. You know, the Muslims are in there and, and all kinds of, you know, new age and all these false doctrines and these cults are in there trying to make disciples. It's good to be in there. Amen. And so we support that ministry on a regular basis and they're going in the prison and seeing people get saved and their lives changed. You know, also locally in our uh, in our local uh, jail, uh, Lafayette Parish Correctional Center, God gave us a partnership with the chaplain there, and we're supplying Bibles into the, into, to the inmates that are in jail. How many of you know, they need Bibles more than anybody else, amen? And, uh, and you know, uh, where's uh, Armando Gamboa? This guy goes in there every, almost every Sunday and preaches. And, and, and this is just an open door for us to go in there and to help right there in our community, in one of the darkest places of all, right there in the jail, Amen. And so God has given us great favor there. Pregnancy center and clinic. You know, this is, uh, this is a, a place that uh, crisis, women that are in crisis pregnancy can go. And, uh, and, and it's just a great ministry. Again, Brother Francis uh, was one of the founders. Uh, he had the vision for it and started the pregnancy center uh, years ago. And there's been hundreds of babies saved. In fact, the last count, there were over 80 babies that have been saved this year at the pregnancy center. Yes, amen. And Family Life Church, we've given over $20,000 into that ministry. We're one of the strongest supporters. But how many of you know that's close to the heart of God to reach out? Amen. So I want you to know about this stuff. Um, Ildecon, our neighborhood, uh, Ildecon neighborhood ministry. This is an after-school ministry and outreach, which most of you are familiar with. There's an after-school program with an average of 20 to 25 students that are tutored, fed, meals, ministered to four times a week. They go there, and, uh, and, and there's these kids who are getting a chance. They're getting mentored, impacted. Their academics are getting better. And, and most of this is done because of there's a, mostly volunteers from this church are going out there and giving some time in their schedule to reach out and to minister to them. Amen? And, uh, you know, I told you this a couple weeks ago, but by the way, you gave uh, uh, almost $8,000 whenever we took up our last missions offering into uh, Hard for Children. And and I was telling you that Sunday that one Sunday we had an altar call and I don't know, there were 10 or 12 or 15, however many people that were up here. And the vast majority of all of them were connected to the after school program or the outreach right there in this neighborhood. And, And Ken was back there just crying. Is Ken here? I don't know if Ken's here this morning. Ken, why don't you stand up? Ken, God bless you. Thank you for what you're doing, man. You're doing an awesome job. In fact, listen. You know, you have a huge part of this. I think we have some pictures. I wanted to, uh, 
I wanted to show you some pictures of, uh, of this building that we purchased, I don't know, a couple years ago now. And uh, this is the building, and it's sitting right there on the side street. This building right here is filled with ministry throughout the week. Let me see the next picture there. And uh, there's uh, all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, there's a fruit orchard that, that the community is partnered with. Now there's this fruit orchard that, that the students are taking care of and they're, they're just uh, learning that, you know, uh, you know, if you take care of stuff, they're building uh, uh, gardens, just keep going. Uh, this is an elevated vegetable. These ministries and these different organizations in town, they, here's a park, a playground that's coming up that the community wants to help. And, and, and then there's all kinds of different ministries that take place. There's, there's all kind of uh, there, uh, medical... Let, let, me just read, let me just read it from my notes here. There's a four-day week after school program, but there's a weekly health education teen meeting there's a weekly women's Bible study hosted by After Five Women's Connection. There's a free Bible, uh, free bi-monthly health fair and screening sponsored by University Medical Clinic. There's a bi-monthly young ladies mentoring outreach uh, hosted by Miss Dixon, Miss Sherry, and other ladies uh, in the church. There's a weekly GED class. There's weekly English as a second language class. As there's a summer program, and it just goes on and on. All because this building has been placed. And you say, well, that's great. But you know, when people don't have the means to, take, to get health care, and they're getting health care, that's a big deal. Amen? Whenever you don't have an education and you feel terrible about yourself, and you got a chance to get your GED, that's a big deal. Amen? And so, you know, and the reason is because we had the vision and the foresight to get involved in the community and, and through, the, through the faithfulness of Ken and all these people, we've been able to make a huge difference right here in our community. And it's all because of the faithfulness of family life and the, and the congregation here. Amen. Amen. I get excited just talking about that. So now, these are just some highlights, okay? But let's talk about the global, the global outreach. You know, um, this year, we've planted or built 12 churches. One church in the Middle East, which is in the Middle East. Planting a church in the Middle East is big deal. Amen? Ten in China and one in Mexico. In fact, we have a picture right here of our brother George. There he is right there. There's uh, George Gooding. But this is one of the churches that Family Life Church financed and, and, uh, and some of our people went to build. And you say, well, that's, that's, that's not a big deal. Yes, it's a big deal. Some of these people that got saved, born again, they, they were having to worship under the stars and in the rain and in the cold and all that. Now they got a building to worship in. Amen. Now they got a place that they can go and, and, they, can, and they can worship God. But you know... It's a big deal, saints, that we're not just worried about our, our little few here and not just our community, but we're reaching the world. Amen? You know, a couple, I don't know if it was a year ago, year and a half ago, God was speaking to me about believing God for finding uh, and helping those who have never been reached with the gospel before. And you see, some of these churches that go up, they had never heard the gospel before. You know, the gospel has gone out further and further through Mexico into the villages and the native Indians and all this that had never heard the gospel before. 
You know, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 13, Paul said, we will not boast about things done outside of our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work that God has given us, which includes our working with you. The boundaries of the work God has given us. I believe God has determined the boundaries that He wants Family Life Church to work within. In verse 14, he said, we're not reaching beyond these boundaries when we claim authority over you as if we had never visited you, but we were the first to travel all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ, the first to bring the gospel. Nor did we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. You know, whenever I was reading that, the Lord just dropped in my spirit. We need to believe, God, that the influence of this church will go beyond the boundaries that we are reaching right now. That we'll have a greater effectiveness. Paul was praying for his work and ministry to continue to grow. And he was praying for his work and ministry boundaries to keep being extended further and further. And then verse 16, he said, Then we will be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you where no one else is working. Whenever I read that, I just thought, you know, wouldn't it be great to go bring the gospel to people that have never heard the gospel before in their life? He was desiring to go places that no one else had ever been. And whenever I was reading that, I thought, God, give us the ability to do that. And you see, we don't really understand the full ramification of it sometimes, but when we put some dollars in that offering and we send some money to Mexico Ministries and they put up a church like this, some of these people have never heard about Jesus Christ. As far as they know, he's no different than Superman or Santa Claus or anybody else. But the gospel is being preached and they are finding out about the Savior that has the ability to give them eternal life. Amen? And and so, you know, as as I was reading that, I just, faith just dropped in my heart and said, Lord, give us divine opportunities to be able to partner with people that are going where the gospel has never gone before. And God has given us those open doors. Remember a while back, uh, we received an offering to buy a piece of property in Nepal. Remember that? Well, you know, the land that that we bought uh, to build... um, a house for the blind. There's these blind students that uh, basically had nowhere to go. And, and uh, uh, Church Asia took them in and took care of them. And, and mostly all of them got saved, got born again. And, uh, and now one of them is this fiery evangelist that walked through the you know, cr- crazy places and preaches the gospel. And people getting saved everywhere that never heard the gospel before. And you know, just two years ago, Just a few years ago, there were no Christians in this region, not one evangelical church. And God gave us the privilege of partnering with Church Asia to bring the gospel there. Amen? And uh, I want you to see a picture. I think we have a picture. Right here in this region is is where that piece of property is going to be bought. Uh, It's it's somewhere up here. Do you have another picture there, uh, Doug? It, it's right in this area which overlooks that valley there. But, but you can see this area. It's so remote. In fact, you can't get there by car right now. And so therefore, nobody brought the gospel there. But Rick Zachary in Church Asia, he hikes 10, 12 hours to get there to bring the gospel. And since he's gotten there, the gospel now, there's, there's a few churches that have been bought, and, and we help raise the money. This is a church. This church right here will fit a thousand people. 
Amen. A thousand people in this little building, and, and, but, but they have a, this is huge in a place where the gospel had never been preached before. And, and, and last, uh, this year, we received an offering and we sent $20,000 or $25,000 to Church Asia and they bought this piece of property and as soon as winter is over and the snow is melted, they're going to begin building a home. And by the way, since that time, the government has given them 15 more blind children that didn't know what to do with them and they're going to be in this home that is going to be built and they're going to receive the gospel as well. Amen. Yes, amen. And there's a ministry training center that will be built, and they're going to train pastors, and all through Nepal, churches are going to be, be raised up. And we're having a chance to make a difference right here in Lafayette, Louisiana. Amen. amen. Um, we took up an offering a couple months ago for India. I was talking to Pastor Terry in Maryville, and he was telling me this couple, you know, in, 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 uh, in the Houston area, uh, you, know, there's peop- there's, uh, it's, you know, there's people from all cultures, and his church is, um, I think the minority is Caucasian, and, uh, and, and he had an Indian couple in his congregation, and said, Pastor, we're from India, and uh, we have a friend that's in ministry, and they desperately need help. Would you consider going and teach them? So he decided to go and he got there and there was no other ministry that was helping him from America or any other country. And this, this faithful man of God has just worked and he's reaching out to orphans and he's, he's preaching the gospel. People are getting saved. Leaders are being raised up. And he's planted now all these churches but he has very limited resources and tools. And they sat at Terry's feet as he preached to them and taught them about the cross. And, and they, just, they just soaked it up. And as he stood there, he's like, man, they got this big church in this small area. They got all these kids in, in, in a, a square about this big. And he said, y'all need more room. He said, yes, pastor, we do. We're praying that God would help us. And, and Pastor Terry left with a burden. We need to help this, these people. And so we sent, you, you gave very generously, and we sent $20,000 along with their $15,000 that they had already raised, and they're looking for property right now. And before long, their orphanage will be able to expand, and they will also be able to build a bigger church building and a training center. And, and, uh, and in the fall, Pastor Terry's going there, and, and I may go with him, I don't know, see what the Lord, how the Lord leads but God has given us another open door to reach an area where this guy is going. The gospel has not gone before. And that's just, it just blows my mind that people have never heard about Jesus Christ. You know, Freedom House, you know, they've been here several times. You bought their crosses. Uh, if you were here Wednesday night when some of the guys shared their testimonies, the, the guy that shared just kind of exhorted Fabian. He's from Malta, the island of Malta. Came here and he's working with, with, with uh, Freedom House. But he has a burden for the Muslims. And he's planning on, I think in, um, in March, he's planning on moving his family to North Iraq to minister to the Kurds there. There's, there's no, there's no evangel- much, there's very little evangelical. I don't think there's 1% Christian in northern Iraq. But unlike southern Iraq, Iraq is wide open to the gospel. They welcome 
Americans. And this man has the faith to go move there and minister the gospel. I think God's going to use us to help him. I tell you, I don't have the calling to go to Iraq. Amen. How about you? Do you feel the calling? I'll be glad to support you, my brother. Amen. But isn't that great? Isn't that great to have the ability to partner and go there? Now, why did I just give you all that information? Well, first of all, it's not to try to impress you or to, you know, we're going to take an offering and I'm trying to motivate you to give an offering. You know, I'm, I'm, the purpose in me giving you that information is so you just be encouraged. We're making a difference. We can make a difference. Amen? For the kingdom and for the glory of God. Amen? And we are making a difference. Now, we have no idea the full impact of our missions offerings and our church plants and our building buildings and, and reaching out to the, to the orphans and the blind and, and all that. We have no idea the far-reaching impact. But I believe we are making a difference. And we have made a difference in 2011. And it's because of your faithfulness here at Family Life Church. So you need to give yourself a good hand. Amen? Yes, amen. Amen. Now let's shift gears and ask another important question before we go. What difference will we make next year? What difference will Family Life Church make in 2012? As we approach the end of the year, we can look back and see what we've done. But what are we going to do next year? Listen, God didn't put us on this earth to be consumed with ourselves and spend a a number of days, breathe our last, and go to glory. God put us on this earth for a certain time as this to make a difference in the kingdom of the living God. Amen? And as we look forward into 2012, we need fresh motivation and inspiration from the Holy Ghost to say, God, give me that mountain. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Yes, amen. You see, I think, I think too many times we feel like, well, what can little old me do? Well, listen, if you put a dollar in one of those offerings this year, you made a difference. Amen. amen. Your dollar with everybody else's dollar, we were able to build buildings, buy property, reach souls for the kingdom and for the glory of God. Amen. Yes. You know, there was a little boy, he just had a little bit of, all he had was a meal. God used that and, and, and fed thousands. Come on. There's no ins- insignificant person in this room today. Everybody has something to offer. Everybody has, everybody has something to do. If we are to make a difference in, as a church in 2012, we have to stick with our mission and our vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision... The people are unrestrained. Vision is having a mental picture of where you want to go and what you want to achieve. It's taking the time to think about what are we going to do? And when you have a clear vision, it helps you to live a restrained life, a focused life, and an effective life. You know, I just feel 
the anointing of God on me right now. And I just got to say this for a moment. There's too many godly, Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christians that are not being used in the kingdom of God. They've been consumed with the world and everything of it. And God's wanting to wake us up and say, come on, army of God, stand up, rise up, and do something for Jesus. Come on. I tell you, that's life. That's eternal life. That's where life happens. It's whenever you get involved in the kingdom of God. Amen. Yes, amen. Got that off my chest. Amen. We need a vision. Come on. Let's open our spiritual eyes. Lord, where's the mountain that I'm supposed to climb? Give me new territory. Give me new vision. Give me new inspiration, Lord. Hey, with purpose and vision, number one, a clear vision helps with evaluation. Helps with evaluation. How does a church know if it's being effective or not? One way is to examine if you're accomplishing your vision. Haggai 1.5 says, consider how things are going for you. Consider. See, three good questions to ask is, are we helping people love God through worship? That's our vision, love God. Number two, are we growing people through discipleship? That's our vision, love God, grow people. And number three, are we reaching the world through evangelism? See, whenever we look at the end of the year, we have to look and say, are we doing something for Jesus? Are we accomplishing, by the way, His great commandment, first one is to love God with all your heart and mind. So as a church, we should be helping people to fall in love with God with all their heart, mind, and soul. Amen? And the second one He said is to love God as yourself. And so we ought to be helping other people. Amen? And then he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go and make disciples. That's what Jesus said we ought to be doing. That's his vision for the church. Three good questions to ask. Are you helping people love God through worship? Are we growing people through discipleship? Are we reaching the world through evangelism? Clear vision helps us with evaluation. So what's this? Are people getting saved? Are people getting water baptized? Are people going through the Christianity classes? Are people growing in God? If not, then we have to sit down and say, what's wrong? Why not? Why are we impotent? Why don't we have any influence? Amen? A clear vision, number two, helps with concentration. If you know where you want to go, you can really focus your attention and effort on getting there. You know, you've heard that example, sunlight. You know, sunlight focused is powerful. You focus sunlight in a magnifying glass and you can start a fire. In fact, if you focus it even further, it becomes a laser beam and it can cut through thick steel. So if a church is focused... We can cut through the powers of darkness. Amen. Come on. So we need concentration. We don't want to just have a a me club. What's in it for me? What can y'all do for me? How can you help me? Let's have an others club. How can we reach others for the kingdom? How can we reach others for Jesus Christ? How can we snatch some out of the fires of hell? How can we disciple some In the kingdom of God. Amen? And so we need to have concentration. 
Clear vision also helps with cooperation. Amos 3.3 says, Can two people walk together without agreeing on direction? When you know where you want to go and agree on what you want to accomplish, you can really work together. You know, like the after-school program could not happen if it wasn't for the financial support of the church, the volunteers of the church. I mean, the people that went paint, did electrical, did plumbing, sheetrock, did flooring, the people that go tutor, the people that cook meals, all these volunteers, teamwork makes the dream work. Amen? But that's a perfect example of all of us coming together and doing a little something. Ladies' night. You know, we had musicians up here, used their gifts and sang great songs, and, and ladies got blessed. Amen? Some of you are faithful to give financially. We're able to give some door prizes away. People came here. They got blessed. Some ladies got saved. Amen. And that's the whole thing. Is that we're trying to reach our community for Jesus. Amen. And so, but we can't do it without a team. Without us all having the same vision and understanding. And I tell you, saints, it's easy for us to totally get... Uh, introverted, where all we worry about is ourselves. We got to work and not just keep looking in the mirror, but looking around the room. Amen? I mean, it doesn't happen automatically. And so clear vision helps with cooperation. That's why we're saying, this is what we want to do. We want to win souls, bring them into saving knowledge with Jesus Christ. So when they die, they don't go to hell, they go to heaven. Amen? And then once, once they get saved, we don't want them to just be saved. We want them to grow because, you know, that seed that just got planted in the ground as soon as the sun came out and it got the heat, uh, you know, the trials of life, it just fell up, it just died. You know, listen, it's not just good enough to be saved. You need to be rooted and grounded in the Lord. Amen? So you can handle the heat of life. And so we need to make sure they get discipled. But not just get discipled. We want them to now go out and reach others. Love God, grow people, and reach the world. Are you seeing it? Do you see it? We've got re- to refresh ourselves. What are we here for? What's this church here for? Make a difference. Now, what difference... Let me ask this last question. What difference will you make in 2012? That's personalizing it. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people are restrained. Every individual person needs vision for their life. Clear personal vision helps with evaluation. How does an individual know if they're making a difference? One way is to examine, to examine your life. Haggai says, consider how things are going. Let me ask a question. You know, obviously as a congregation, we're making a difference. What are you doing? What difference are you making? And whatever difference you're making, can I encourage you to just Start believing for more. Having faith for more. Lord, increase my territory. Do you know God can give you greater influence than you're having right now? Do you know that God could use you in a greater way than He's using you right now? Do you know He can give you more money that you can finance more in the kingdom of God? How many would like to be a candidate for that? Amen? But let's, let's believe God. Three good questions. Personally. As you look at 2012, ask this question. Are you loving God through worship? Are you growing through discipleship? And are you reaching the world through evangelism? It's three questions to ask. 
Maybe you need to just make some decisions as we look at 2012 that will help you move ahead in the vision that God has for your life. Clear personal vision helps with concentration. If you know where you want to go, you can really focus your attention and get there like the sunlight beam. I want to encourage you to begin thinking about 2012. Let's, let's believe God for more. Let's refocus our life. You know, listen, I believe too many people die way before they die. They quit living before they die because they lose purpose. Listen, if you still have breath and you can walk, you can make a difference. Do you know that there's a lady that she, her body's been riddled with uh, like um, Lou Gehrig's or something. And she is down to where all she can use is her eyeballs and look at a monitor and spell words and talk like that. And do you know for the last year, year and a half, this lady asked us to get her the prayer request every, every Monday morning because she wanted to pray over prayer, every prayer request that was submitted here. She totally lost the use of her body, her limbs, and she was reduced to a wheelchair and now is reduced to just being able to use her eyeballs and she was still doing something for the kingdom and for the glory of God. Listen. Yeah, amen. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? So listen, we, sometimes we get overwhelmed with, I don't know what to do. Listen, you don't have to do a lot, just something. Just something. Just, just use your life. Would you be willing to just invest your life for the glory of God? Come on, are y'all hearing me out there? It's not the seating capacity. It's the sending capacity that makes a difference. So what if we got 5,000 people that come here, but we're not doing nothing? What good is that? Amen? Are y'all with me? Well, I'd rather have a thousand people that are servants of the Lord ready to do something for Jesus. Amen. 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 Yes, indeed. And so I want to encourage you. You know, you got three resources, your time, your gifts or your talents and your money. You know, use some time for the glory of God. Use your gifts and your talents for the glory of God. Don't hide it. Don't hide it under a bushel. Don't bury it. Amen. Here's your money for the glory of God. Tie to the local church. Give to missions. Help the poor. Amen. We couldn't do anything that we just talked about if it wouldn't have been for faithful people that are, that are here in this church. Amen. And I am just delighted and honored to be pastoring a church congregation that is willing to be used and to do something for the kingdom and the glory of God. So as we look into the future, as we look ahead, come on, let's be encouraged. Let's get inspired. Let's stir ourselves up, stir the gift of God in us and say, come on, give me the mountain, Lord. Let's do something in 2012. Amen. I want to close reading this passage of Scripture, Matthew 25, 31. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, and He will sit on His glorious throne. 
And all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Can you stand and let's close in prayer. Amen. God has a purpose for you. He's got a destiny for you. Little guy, he had a he had a little loaf, he had a little sandwich, a little lunchbox to give to the Lord, and God used it. So you know what that tells me? God can use anything. All he needs is willingness. How many of you are willing today? Come on, can we make a fresh commitment? As we begin the new year, starting out with, with prayer and fasting in January. Why are we doing that? To seek the Lord. Seek the Lord, the Bible says. Seek Him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Come on, saints of God. Come on, church of God. Come on, He can take dead bones and raise them up to be a mighty army in the King. Come on, some of you, you've gone to sleep. And God's wanting to awaken you and say, come on, you need to get back on track. It's in your heart. It's in your, it's in your life. It's, it's a desire that you want to make a difference. Come on, let's ask God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, stir us today, God. Stir our heart stir our faith Lord give us a fresh passion give us a fresh fire give us a fresh desire to do a great work for you in this day in this hour Lord we love you we bless you and we thank you for the privilege Lord of being able to make a difference for you we love you Lord and God it's our desire to hear you say well done thou good and thou faithful servant enter into the joy of the Lord thank you God for giving us the grace in Jesus name we pray and everybody shout it amen Amen. come on let's give God praise and glory and honor yes come on give him a shout Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be a difference maker, oh God. Thank you, Father. Yes, oh God. Yes, oh Lord. Amen. You ready for 2012? Come on, let's go take the mountain. Amen. God bless you.